electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big-picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Live look at Statuary Hall this morning inside the U.S. Capitol, where the president and the vice president will deliver remarks on this first anniversary of the January 6th Capitol Hill attack. We will bring that to you live. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk in the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. Dow futures with some modest gains, but the Nasdaq does look to resume some selling this morning. Our roadmap is going to begin with that tech sell-off. Worst day for Nas since February. Crypto crumbling as well as you just heard. Bitcoin, Ether tumbling more than 7% in the last two days. And the COVID risks, meantime, continue. The White House does confirm some talks of ongoing stimulus, say for restaurants, but says the economy is strong. We'll begin with the markets, though. After the sell-off yesterday, Jim's been pretty vocal about being patient here, you argue, waiting. Absolutely. I mean, look, what would have been, you know, we've worked together for a long time. Had there been a big up opening, I would have said, oh, darn, that's going to bring in sellers, people who bought in the last half hour. Instead, we've got a continuation of the Nasdaq going down. That's terrific because eventually the sellers exhaust themselves. Obviously, people tomorrow are very concerned about a too hot number. But when everyone's concerned about a too hot number, then it becomes less of an issue. So I think, Carl, it is time to look. It is time to think about the ones that have just come down a great deal. I put some uh, in my, I do that memo every morning about what I'm looking at that goes to uh, club members. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of stocks that have been now cut in half. I mean, not down by 5%. I don't cut in half. And we're getting a lot of price target decline uh, cuts because stocks have come down a lot. That, again, is sign of bottoming, not topping. So I'm looking. So, I mean, the Fed minutes have been pretty well chewed over at yeah. this point. But if they're serious about quantitative tightening later in the year. How do these year-end S&P targets survive? That'll be hard because it does have a 2018 feel if they do that. Uh, I was working with Larry Williams, who's been, I think, the great market historian of this era. And he just said, look, you know, you're still going to get a bounce. You'll tend to get a bounce just because we're going to be overdone on the downside. I mean, look, if every maybe Powell accomplished what he wanted. You know, J- now it's just minutes. Remember, it's not actions. Uh, if if uh, if Omicron really shuts down the economy now, I don't want to I want to choose my words here. 
I don't think shut. It slows the economy. It's a better way to put it. Sure, activity takes a hit. Activity takes a hit. Then I do think that there'll be people are saying, oh, geez, I hope they don't go too hard because uh, we've now lost the stimulus, the child uh, care credit that's going to go away in the 15th of the month. You're not going to get it. Uh, a lot of the retail downgrades and cuts come from the, the prospect that that's going to go away. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm more sanguine than I was going into the year. Yeah, we'll get to some of the calls. Target downgraded today Ooh. over at Wells. Um, do you think earnings come to the rescue in any way in yes. the next couple of weeks? Because we Absolutely. got a few today. Okay, it's a good example. Now, we really have to watch ConAgra, uh, Bed, Bath & Beyond, and Constellation, all three which are guests tonight on Mad Money. And why we have to watch them is because they are, for the most part, uh, in each case, representative of crazy things. Bed Bath is a meme stock, okay? They, look, Mark Tritton, who's the chief, chief uh, executive officer, he, he ain't no memester. Uh, and then you've got ConAgra, which is a kind of like, well, wait a second, let's hide in the defensives. And then you have Constellation, which is high multiple. So I think these are going to tell the tale. Let's watch them closely uh, all day. I, by the way, you don't come on idly tonight. Now, some of these guys have never afraid. But uh, when Bed Bath really hit a speed bump, Tritton said, I want to come on. Uh, the, the cadence of the months, which is what matters for retailers, was very good. Yeah. Uh, Bed Bed Bath has been a bit of a puzzle uh, so far this morning. An enigma. uh, Because gross margins were okay, but their Q4 outlook was a little soft, but it came well off the early morning lows. Well, I mean, the lows were, uh, yesterday there was another drop down. I was surprised. Uh, I I do think balance sheet's real good. Uh, I question how much buy-by baby is worth versus the whole market cap. Uh, So I don't want to write this one off. Uh, You know, Triton, let's say compare Triton to... um, Ryan Cohen, the so-called savior of GameStop, one guy's been around forever. It's a great merchant, which is Triton. Uh, we still find that other than the, the uh, emoji of the ice cream cone, we're waiting for the game plan. I don't think it's to become good humor. <laughs> that was We're still talking about it almost yeah. a year later. Well, this is why the, it's the anniversary of something that's very harsh. Yes. And, I, and I think we all have to take it very obviously seriously. Yep. But then it's the anniversary. This is when it all started last year. And by the way, and we're talking about GameStop and we're talking about AMC. And it looked like it was going to be the beginning of involvement in stocks with younger people. It turned out to be the peak. And then they just devolved into Dogecoin. Uh, I love Mike Novogratz. Notice he doesn't talk about Dogecoin. He's a very serious individual. He talks about serious crypto. Uh, so crypto in general is in danger of reaching $2 trillion sure is. in market cap once again. We mentioned the 7% decline in Bitcoin and Ether just this week. Uh, you think there's more pain to go here? Uh, do, you, I, do you necessarily have opinions on crypto? Uh, no, I did. I was thinking about getting back into the Ethereum that I sold. Now, one of the things that I play with an open hand in the club, Ethereum is regarded as something we can trade. And I, I bought a lot of Ethereum last year. The advice, by the way, of, of people I just listened to on air, I think it sounded smart. I bought a lot of Bitcoin, sold that, and bought this farm in Pennsylvania, which is a total blast. Had some woodworking uh, tweets last week. And then after that, I went back in and I bought Ethereum when uh, when Time magazine was uh, making you pay pay for uh, uh, NFTs. That's another really solid area with uh, Ethereum. So I bought a lot of that. I forgot, kind of forgot about it. And and then I sold a lot of that and I'm interested in getting back. You are. Yes, I am. Technicians last night, I know over at Fundstrat were saying, at least for Bitcoin, um, you probably got to get back to some 39K levels, uh, September 2021 lows. Well, that could happen. Uh, but I, my instinct is to buy, not sell. I'm gonna, I want to buy back the Ethereum that I sold. And I do want to point out that uh, everything about Novogratz's appearance was brilliant. But I just watched the sweater, which was one of the most right. bad you know, sweaters. Was today bad sweater day? Remember we have that day? That's and he didn't have the, uh, the Galaxy backdrop. No, he didn't. But he is a thoughtful, good man and is an example of why I bought crypto. Because he kept, you know, he came on, came on CNBC, and I said, wow, this guy is so smart. I know he's a good guy. He's so smart. And that's one of the reasons. That's why I bought it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, we're keeping our eyes on the pandemic, of course. Uh, the White House does say it's in constant discussions with Capitol Hill lawmakers and others when it comes to stimulus funding and that the economy is strong. Press Secretary Jen Psaki did cite a jump in job creation, of course, lower unemployment rate better vaccinations, oh, yeah. some of the, although the consensus for tomorrow's jobs number is 400 and yeah, some. Yeah, why don't you double that? But there's a right? lot, of, I mean, there's a lot what, of the money calls for yeah, 800K. Yeah. Look, one of the things I hope happens is, is that there's a lot of people who, uh, I'm dealing with some people 
who have relatives and they don't want to get them sick. So they don't they don't go in. I have people who are several people, unfortunately, in for surgery and you can't get near them. Don't want to get them sick. If everybody gets Omicron and we burn right through this thing, then you will no longer be as fearful of getting someone sick. And that's getting to where we are, particularly because the people I know who are vaccinated and get sick oftentimes have to take a Binax to realize that they are sick. Now, of course, the, they become kind of uh, typhoid marys. I mean, they become carriers. Uh, and the CDC very foolishly cut the number of days to five, even though there was no science whatsoever. No science whatsoever. I, I really think that CDC, GME, AMC. <laughs> well, page one of the Times this morning is all about uh, communication stumbles at the CDC. Yes, it is. Uh, top yeah. story above the fold. By the way, you saw the vice president uh, beginning to speak in statuary hall. We're going to monitor her comments, but of course, we'll take it live when the president himself begins to speak. Um, I know Morgan Stanley, Jim, yesterday updated its uh, projection for Omicron peaking. Right. Bull cases one to two weeks. So at that point, I wonder how this will all feel different. Well, we have to go through Illinois and that area. We've got to burn through California. We've got to burn through some states. You know, that's just premature. Uh, that said, everybody gets we're, we're at a point just on the personal level of our staff here at the exchange where most of us have had it and yeah. are back at work. Yeah. I mean, well, look, I, I look, there are some people I can't believe to haven't caught it yet. I mean, literally, I'm going to an Eagles game this weekend. That could be a 67,000 super spreader event. I am waiting for a super spreader event, probably would be indoors, uh, because what most people, I was talking with, with Jeff Marks, who works with me on the club, went to a wedding and only 40 people got it. 40 people, think about where we were a year ago. Yep. I mean, now you pretty much expect that you are probably gonna get it if you go out. And I think that the CDC made it so that the chances, the odds are really great when they went from 10 to five because days five, six, and seven are very infectious days. You pointed out that's one reason why the NFL, for example, has trouble keeping a lid on it. Oh my God, I mean, you know, it, it, it really is. I mean, the Eagles, it, it doesn't matter whether they play the Bucks or, uh, or, or, or whether they play the Rams, and they play this week on Saturday, but they made the playoffs. But the fact is, is that they had just a massive outbreak of COVID. Uh, after a win. And now, so I heard someone cynically say, well, that's because they want to, they don't care about who plays this weekend. No, like they have COVID. They have COVID. Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins, two guys who didn't vaccinate, got COVID. And Wentz looked awful this weekend. No offense to Frank Reich, who got COVID early on. But I just think that now it's become, you know, if there was a betting line on how many people get COVID, it's changed dramatically. I see Dr. Gottlieb just said one out of 400 people died of COVID in America. That's incredibly bad odds. I mean, usually high. So I think that, that more importantly with, with Omicron is, is that it's going to be so hard not to get when you have people who the CDC has sanctioned to give it to you. Essentially. And it's actually yeah. one reason why uh, New York Mayor Adams on Squawk earlier this morning said maybe the city starts to think about getting back to the office at least maybe three days a week to start. Here's what he said. Let's start out with a three-day week to let people see the, how safe it is to come back to work. Then we cycle back into a five-day week. We can do this within a three-week period and be up and operating in our city. It's going to be interesting. You know, Simon Property was one of the best S&Pers of the year last year. Incredible, though, but by the same time, Authentic Brands, which has uh, been in their part, pulled their deal. Jamie, Jamie Solder, he is really, really smart. Uh, I put in my memo some of the brands he has. Here's the issue I have. When I start seeing really smart business people pull their, their, their IPOs, that's very good. Because that says, is, wait a second. Maybe we could get out of the era where, where you and I have to sit here and watch three lousy companies come public and just think, wow, we're toast, which includes, by the way, toast. <laughs> You've talked about a lot of uh, supply coming online. By the oh. way, kind of reminds me of the Goldman downgrade this morning over at B of A. Um, they say that there's very little potential upside in capital markets and that the transition away from capital markets right. is a multi-year event. Well, the stock was one of the five best performers in the Dow. But you've talked about how cheap the valuation no, is. No, it's a six times earnings. I don't think you can Pelotonize it. It won't be Peloton. That's a new verb for the I, we, I know we used it as a verb yesterday. No, I just think Goldman, I mean, look, there is an issue. 70% of their revenues come from capital markets. But every time I think that that's the peak in Goldman, I remember that probably in 19... 
84 when I was there, 70% came from capital markets. There's a huge amount of money being made. They have to define who they are, though. The Apple card, was that a good idea or bad idea, or does it matter? Marcus, I mean, I love all the people in Marcus. Time to close. Time to close. Time to close, Marcus? Yeah. Turn tail on Marcus? Well, give it away to someone. You know, cause spin it off. Uh, it, I mean, not, uh, deposits not, are not immaterial anymore, no, but right? It's, it's Goldman Sachs. Yeah. I mean, they made a major downscale move. Now, they're going to listen and say, oh, my God, I can't believe what he just said. But no, it, it doesn't help define the situation. I mean, not that I want him necessarily to buy Schwab or buy e But you want thematic purity. Thank you. Yeah. And I want profitable thematic purity. Now, they may be able to do uh, great loaning using artificial intelligence, but so can everybody else. I want Goldman to be the preeminent bank. I do not want Goldman to be the preeminent small loan mm. officer. Mm. I mean, I, look, and they, you know, I've said it to them. I said, listen, guys, you've you got to define yourself. Who are you? Who are you? And I don't know if they know who they are. Interesting. As for Goldman themselves, they named two banks top picks this morning, JPM and B of A, on high rate sensitivity, right. uh, loan growth, European investment uh, over the past well, few so years, this is finally stuff, paying off. What you just told me is all the stuff that I want from a bank. And Goldman doesn't have this. Now, Goldman will quickly say, listen, we have the equivalent of a private equity uh, huge uh, business. Well, spell it out. Tell me about it. Goldman's got to stop being black box. Now, they'll say, well, listen, if you break out the court, no. I'm saying how people feel about Goldman. They say, you know what? I want J.P. Morgan. I want Bank of America. I want rate sensitivity. I don't care what Goldman has. If I were Goldman, I would jack that dividend up so high that people would say, you know what? I want income. And that would also show that Goldman's earnings are not episodic. It would show that they believe in themselves. If, now, they may say the government won't let us, but put out a schedule yeah. of what they would do. Wow. I mean, Wells Fargo. It's doing better than gold. Wells Fargo. Speaking of uh, the government, Axios with a piece out today on buy now, pay later. Just making note of the fact that the Hill is putting a firm and Klarna and PayPal on notice. We want to see more of your data. Well, PayPal is bigger than uh, my chairman trust owns PayPal. It's much bigger than a firm on buy now, pay later. What we need to worry about now, uh, Max Levchin has told me over and over again, listen, we're not having big losses. We need to see what the losses were. All these companies are very transparent. They will tell us. I mean, these are not black boxes. They will tell us. Uh, Marcus isn't elite. Sorry, <laughs> Marcus. I mean, come on. I mean, Lloyd, I love Lloyd. You know, good to be back, Lloyd, not unlike the Overlook Hotel and some critical scenes in The Shining. But I, I do think that Marcus, it, if they spun it off, what would it be worth? Okay? And the Apple card. I mean, one of the things you want to do with Apple's like Fight Club. You're never allowed to mention Apple. Right. So they do this Apple card, of which, by the way, a lot of other banks will tell you they passed on. Is it good? Is it bad? What does it do? Is it, I don't know. You can't do that anymore. That's eras over. Mm. I'll take Capital One if I have one credit card. You know, as for financials as a sector and energy as well, uh, Jim, some are arguing the reason you would expect uh, a leg lower in the overall indices is because those two sectors are facing resistance on the upside. Well, look, How much I, more I, can we wring out of energy and banks? I, I think that's wrong. Uh, the multiples are very low, but more important, the discipline that these companies are showing with their capital budget is insane. I mean, these are, I cannot believe it. These, they're not spending like yahoos. We'll take a break here uh, and uh, from the conversation and listen to the president. Madam Vice President, my fellow Americans, to state the obvious, one year ago today, in this sacred place, democracy was attacked, <clears throat> simply attacked. The will of the people was under assault. The Constitution, our Constitution, faced the gravest of threats. Outnumbered in the face of a brutal attack, the Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, the National Guard, and other brave law enforcement officials saved the rule of law. Our democracy held. We, the people, endured. We, the people, prevailed. For the first time in our history, a president had not just lost an election, he tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power as a violent mob breached the Capitol. But they failed. They failed. 
And on this day of remembrance, we must make sure that such attack never, never happens again. I'm speaking to you today from Statuary Hall in the United States Capitol. This is where the House of Representatives met for 50 years in the decades leading up to the Civil War. This is on this floor where young congressman from Illinois, Abraham Lincoln, sat at desk 191. Above him, above us, over that door leading into the rotunda is a sculpture depicting Cleo, the muse of history. In her hands, an open book in which she records the events taking place in this chamber below. Cleo stood watch over this hall one year ago today, as she has for more than 200 years. She recorded what took place, the real history, the real facts, the real truth, the facts and the truth that Vice President Harris just shared, and that you and I and the whole world saw with our own eyes. The Bible tells us that we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. We shall know the truth. Well, here is the God's truth about January 6, 2021. Close your eyes. Go back to that day. What do you see? Rioters rampaging, waving for the first time inside this Capitol. Confederate flag that symbolized the cause to destroy America, to rip us apart. Even during the Civil War, that never, ever happened. But it happened here in 2021. <clears throat> what else do you see? A mob breaking windows, kicking in doors, breaching the Capitol. American flags on poles being used as weapons, as spears. Fire stingers being thrown at the heads of police officers. A crowd that professes their love for law enforcement assaulted those police officers. Dragged them, sprayed them, stomped on them. Over 140 police officers were injured. We all heard the police officers who were there that day testify to what happened. One officer called it, quote, a mid medieval battle and that he was more afraid that day than he was fighting the war in Iraq. They've repeatedly asked since that day, how dare anyone, anyone, diminish, belittle, or deny the hell they were put through? We saw with our own eyes. Rioters menaced these halls, threatening the life of the Speaker of the House, literally erecting gallows to hang the Vice President of the United States of America. What did we not see? We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack, sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television and doing nothing for hours as police were assaulted lives at risk, the nation's capital under siege. This wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. They weren't looking to uphold the will of the people. They were looking to deny the will of the people. They were looking to uphold, they weren't looking to uphold a free and fair election. They were looking to overturn one. They were looking to save the cause of America. They were looking to subvert the Constitution. This isn't about being bogged down in the past. This is about making sure the past isn't buried. That's the only way forward. That's what great nations do. They don't bury the truth. They face up to it. Sounds like hyperbole, but that's the truth. They face up to it. We are a great nation. My fellow Americans, in life there's truth, and tragically there are lies. Lies conceived and spread for profit and power. 
We must be absolutely clear about what is true and what is a lie. And here's the truth. The former president of the United States of America has created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election. He's done so because he values power over principle, because he sees his own interest as more important than his country's interest, than America's interest, and because his bruised ego matters more to him than our democracy or our Constitution. He can't accept he lost, even though that's what 93 United States senators, his own attorney general, his own vice president, governors and state officials in every battleground state have all said he lost. That's what 81 million of you did as you voted for a new way forward. He has done what no president in American history, the history of this country has ever, ever done. He refused to accept the results of an election and the will of the American people. Well, some courageous men and women in the Republican Party are standing against it, trying to uphold the principle of that party. Too many others are transforming that party into something else. They seem no longer to want to be the party, the party of Lincoln, Eisenhower, Reagan, the Bushes. But whatever my other disagreements are with Republicans who support the rule of law and not the rule of a single man, I will always seek to work together with them to find shared solutions where possible. Because if we have a shared belief in democracy, then anything is possible. Anything. And so at this moment, we must decide what kind of nation are we going to be? Are we going to be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm? Are we going to be a nation where we allow partisan election officials to overturn the legally expressed will of the people? Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of the truth, but in the shadow of lies? We cannot allow ourselves to be that kind of nation. The way forward is to recognize the truth and to live by it. The big lie being told by the former president and many Republicans who fear his wrath is that the insurrection in this country actually took place on Election Day, November 3rd, 2020. Think about that. Is that what you thought? Is that what you thought when you voted that day? taking part in an insurrection? Is that what you thought you were doing? Or did you think you were carrying out your highest duty as a citizen and voting? The former president's supporters are trying to rewrite history. They want you to see Election Day as the day of insurrection. And the riot that took place here on January 6th as a true expression of the will of the people. Can you think of a more twisted way to look at this country, to look at America? I cannot. Here's the truth. The election of 2020 was the greatest demonstration of democracy in the history of this country. More of you voted in that election than have ever voted in all of American history. Over 150 million Americans went to the polls and voted that day. In a pandemic, some at great, great risk to their lives. They should be applauded, not attacked. Right now, in state after state, new laws are being written, not to protect the vote, but to deny it. Not only to suppress the vote, but to subvert it. Not to strengthen and protect our democracy, but because the former president lost, Instead of looking at the election results from 2020 and saying they need new ideas or better ideas to win more votes, the former president and his supporters have decided the only way for them to win is to suppress your vote and subvert our elections. It's wrong. It's undemocratic. And frankly, it's un-American. The second big lie 
being told by the former president and supporters is that the results of the election of 2020 can't be trusted. The truth is that no election, no election in American history has been more closely scrutinized or more carefully counted. Every legal challenge questioning the results in every court in this country that could have been made, was made, and was rejected, often rejected by Republican-appointed judges, including judges appointed by the former president himself, from state courts to the United States Supreme Court. Recounts were undertaken in state after state. Georgia, Georgia, counted its results three times with one recount by hand. Phony partisan audits were undertaken long after the election in several states. None changed the results. And in some of them, the irony is the margin of victory actually grew slightly. So let's speak plainly about what happened in 2020. Even before the first ballot was cast, the former president was preemptively sowing doubt about the election results. <clears throat> he built his lie over months. Wasn't based on any facts. He was just looking for an excuse, a pretext, to cover for the truth. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results are inaccurate. In fact, in every venue where evidence had to be produced, an oath to tell the truth had to be taken, the former president failed to make his case. Just think about this. The former president and his supporters have never been able to explain how they accept as accurate the other election results that took place on November 3rd. The elections for governor, United States Senate, House of Representatives, elections which they closed the gap in the House. They challenged none of that. The president's name was first. Then we went down the line. Governors, senators, House of Representatives. Somehow those results are accurate on the same ballot. But the presidential race was flawed. And on the same ballot, the same day, cast by the same voters, the only difference, the former president didn't lose those races. He just lost the one that was his own. Finally, the third big lie being told by a former president and supporters is that the mob who sought to impose their will through violence are the nation's true patriots. Is that what you thought when you looked at the mob ransacking the Capitol, destroying property, literally defecating in the hallways, rifling through the desks of senators and representatives, hunting down members of Congress? Patriots? Not in my view. To me, the true patriots were the more than 150 Americans who peacefully expressed their vote at the ballot box. The election workers who protected the integrity of the vote and the heroes who defended this capital. You can't love your country only when you win. You can't obey the law only when it's convenient. You can't be patriotic when you embrace and enable lies. Those who storm this capital and those who instigated and incited, and those who called on them to do so, held a dagger at the throat of America, at American democracy. They didn't come here out of patriotism or principle. They came here in rage, not in service of America, but rather in service of one man. Those who incited the mob, the real plotters, who were desperate to deny the certification of this election and defy the will of the voters. But their plot was foiled. Congressmen, Democrats, and Republicans stayed 
senators, representatives, staff, they finished their work the Constitution demanded. They honored their oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Look, folks, <clears throat> now it's up to all of us to we the people, to stand for the rule of law, to preserve the flame of democracy, to keep the promise of America alive, the promises at risk, targeted by the forces that value brute strength over the sanctity of democracy, fear over hope, personal gain over public good, Make no mistake about it, we're living at an inflection point in history, both at home and abroad. We're engaged anew in a struggle between democracy and autocracy, between the aspirations of the many <clears throat> and the greed of the few, between the people's right of self-determination and self, the self-seeking autocrat. From China, Russia and beyond, they're betting that democracy's days are numbered. They've actually told me democracy is too slow, too bogged down by division to succeed in today's rapidly changing, complicated world. And they're betting. They're betting America will become more like them and less like us. They're betting that America is a place for the autocrat, the dictator, the strongman. I do not believe that. That is not who we are. That is not who we have ever been. And that is not who we should ever, ever be. <clears throat> Our founding fathers, as imperfect as they were, set in motion an experiment that changed the world, literally changed the world. Here in America, the people would rule. Power would be transferred peacefully, never at the tip of a spear or the barrel of a gun. They committed to paper an idea that couldn't live up to, they couldn't live up to, but an idea that couldn't be constrained. Yes, in America, all people are created equal. A reject the view that if you, if you succeed, I fail. If you get ahead, I fall behind. If I hold you down, I somehow lift myself up. The former president who lies about this election and the mob that attacked this Capitol could not be further away from the core American values. They want to rule or they will ruin. Ruin what our country fought for at Lexington and Concord, at Gettysburg and Omaha Beach, Seneca Falls, Selma, Alabama. What and what we were fighting for? The right to vote, the right to govern ourselves, the right to determine our own destiny. With rights come responsibilities. The responsibility to see each other as neighbors. Maybe we disagree with that neighbor, but they're not an adversary. Responsibility to accept defeat. Then get back in the arena and try again the next time to make your case. Responsibility to see that America is an idea. An idea requires vigilant stewardship. <clears throat> As we stand here today, one year since January 6, 2021, the lies that drove the anger and madness we saw in this place, they have not abated. So we have to be firm, resolute, and unyielding in our defense of the right to vote and to have that vote counted. Some have already made the ultimate sacrifice in this sacred effort. Jill and I have mourned police officers in this Capitol Rotunda not once but twice in the wake of January 6th, once to honor Officer Brian Sicknick, who lost his life the day after the attack, and a second time to honor Officer Billy Evans, who lost his life defending this Capitol as well.
We think about the others who lost their lives and were injured, and everyone living with the trauma of that day, from those defending this Capitol, to members of Congress in both parties and their staffs, to reporters, cafeteria workers, custodial workers, and their families. <clears throat> Don't kid yourself. The pain and scars from that day run deep. I've said it many times, and it's no more true or real than we think about the events of January 6th. We are in a battle for the soul of America. A battle that by the grace of God and the goodness and gracious and greatness of this nation, we will win. Believe me, I know how difficult democracy is. And I'm crystal clear about the threats America faces. But I also know that our darkest days can lead to light and hope. From the death and destruction, as the Vice President referenced in Pearl Harbor, came the triumph over the forces of fascism. From the brutality of Bloody Sunday on the Edmund Pettus Bridge came historic voting rights legislation. So now let's step up, write the next chapter in American history, where January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a renaissance of liberty and fair play. I did not seek this fight brought to this capital one year ago today, <clears throat> but I will not shrink from it either. I will stand in this breach. I will defend this nation. And I will allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of democracy. We will make sure the will of the people is heard that the ballot prevails, not violence, that authority in this nation will always be peacefully transferred. I believe the power of the presidency and the purpose is to unite this nation, not divide it, to lift us up, not tear us apart, to be about us, about us, not about me. Deep in the heart of America burns a flame, lit almost 250 years ago of liberty, freedom, and equality. This is not a land of kings or dictators or autocrats. We're a nation of laws, of order, not chaos, of peace, not violence. Here in America, the people rule through the ballot, and their will prevails. So let us remember, together, we're one nation under God, indivisible, that today, Tomorrow and forever at our best, we are the United States of America. God bless you all. May God protect our troops. And my God bless those who stand watch over a democracy. That is the president. Uh, targeted speech, placing blame squarely on Donald Trump for the January 6th attacks, saying that Trump created and spread a web of lies about the 2020 election, uh, built his lies for months, uh, tried to prevent the peaceful transfer of power, that law enforcement officials saved the rule of law, and adding that uh, he's trying to make sure the past is not buried. Quote, it's what great nations do. They don't bury the truth. They face up to it. Let's bring in Kayla Tausche. Uh, Kayla, reflections on that speech. Well, Carl, it was a forceful condemnation of the events of January 6, 2021, the misinformation leading up to and proliferating within the Republican Party after that, and also some of the installations that are happening at the state level, especially in Republican-led states, uh, that he says could undermine the rule of law and the peaceful transfer of power going forward. He honored the lives lost of law enforcement. Uh, of course, the Capitol Police have been going through a very difficult time, 135 defections, uh, and trying to staff up to 
to deal with an increasing number of security threats uh, for lawmakers in the wake of the insurrection of last year. He also invoked some of the information that the select committee investigating the events of January 6th uh, have obtained, specifically testimony that former President Trump was sitting in the state dining room watching the events unfolding and, according to his former press secretary, suggesting he was doing so gleefully and praising the people who were fighting for him. He invoked some of that information uh, by the select committee, which continues its work, 350 witnesses, 52 subpoenas issued, and at least two criminal referrals uh, to the Justice Department. Carl, the president reaffirmed his confidence in voting systems going forward and the results in the 2020 election, but he stopped short of prescribing any specific policy path going forward. The White House says that he will do that in the coming months and lay out exactly how uh, he and the Democratic Party plan to pursue voting rights legislations, which they're working on behind the scenes right now. Uh, and finally, as he mourned what happened on that day, he said that the day should serve as a renaissance for American democracy, even as allies and adversaries, Carl, have brought up the events of January 6th in private conversation with top cabinet officials, with the president himself, raising questions about what it means for the future of American democracy. Carl and Jim. Indeed, Kayla. We're going to watch uh, that along with the, uh, the January 6th commission, of course, comes on the heels of the attorney general's speech yesterday, updating us on the DOJ's investigation. Jim, I'm reminded of something Ray Dalio said a couple of days ago in a post. Uh, it's entirely possible that neither side will accept losing the 2024 election. Such political clashes hurt productivity, uh, create an inhospitable environment which hurts capital flows. I'm not trying to draw a line directly to the market, but how much of this acts as a suppressant on economic activity, market activity? Well, I do think that uh, it hasn't really hit yet um, it, because I do think that uh, commerce, the CEOs have been steady. I know that there's some dispute about how people feel like that, but business has been the greatest force for social change. I probably deal with more CEOs than maybe anyone in the country. I have three on tonight. I have three on, three on, three on. I ask all the time about these questions. And I never hear anyone that doesn't agree with George Bush, George W. Bush, and President Eisenhower, uh, uh, President Lincoln. But by the way, these are foremost GOP presidents that uh, this was wrong. I don't hear anyone ever say it. Now, uh, these are leaders who have many people who work for them. And they, I, I give them ample opportunity to talk about the opportunity that maybe Jan 6 represented something positive because I just want to know. And it, it, it's so roundly condemned that I think that uh, while Ray Dalio could be right, uh, the business community stands united with America. And when I say America, with a Republican-derived uh, America, when I think about President Lincoln, it is heartbreaking to see the Confederate flag there. Now, there may be people who think that, that that aspect of it should rise again. But, you know, when you go over any biography, I can't believe I have to go into this, you know, biography of Grant or biography of Lincoln, you realize that that's what they were fighting against. So, I mean, these are great Americans. I, I almost wish there's a civics class where people recognize that we did have good guys and bad guys. It, it, there were bad guys. And uh, to unite yourself with the historic bad guys, is something that's very ill-advised. So I, I thought it was a forceful speech. Now, if you didn't think it was a forceful speech, then I can't help you. I mean, I didn't take that class. I, people don't know how I vote, but I, let me tell you something. I think you'd be surprised people. But um, I'm an American, and I vote American. And uh, uh, I know that there'll be people who resent that. And I just have to tell them that they are sorely ill-advised, that we are one country. Uh, and the, the, the people who have been the leaders, Carl, the CEOs. Yeah. Not, not the Congress people. The now, I hear you. The, the, your point about American business is, is so powerful. I'm thinking of the business roundtable statement today. Uh, we reiterate our strong condemnation of the perpetrators and the falsehood of an illegitimate 2020 presidential right. election. That's the business roundtable. One of the biggest business lobbies in the country. I, I never, I, there may be some CEOs other than uh, MyPillow.com who were in favor of Trump. Uh, I haven't come across them. Jim, we'll reflect on it, of course. Uh, it's a, it's, it is a tragic anniversary. Uh, yeah, it is tragic. Yeah. Do you think that you're going to get heat because you call it tragic? Prop I, you know what? Who knows, Jim? At this point, I think uh, you kind of have to move forward, as you have done on I, things like vaccinations. There's yeah. going to be an element that is unreachable. Well, I look, I, President Eisenhower is one of, one of the greatest presidents in history. 
He was a great uniter. Could have been a Democrat, could have been a Republican. President of Columbia. Storm, uh, just said, look, I don't think people realize how dangerous it really was, even in 1944, to storm the continent of Europe. And I, 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 I find myself agreeing with Eisenhower on pretty much everything he ever did. And uh, he is, would be so diametrically opposed about what happened that day and what's happened to the Republican Party that it's shocking. I'm not saying you have to go back to the party of Lincoln, but Eisenhower's not that long ago. Jim, we'll put a coda on this um, on this conversation. It's something we'll we'll continue to watch. As for today's action, back holding 4,700. Uh, a lot of information on the way. Uh, jobs number tomorrow, and you're, it sounds like you're going to talk a, a bit more about uh, corporate earnings tonight. Yeah, I mean, look, we've got. Uh, you know, I thought Constellation was okay. I've got to listen to the conference call that's later today. Uh, Conagra was not acceptable. These are the ones that are on tonight, uh, in the sense that I thought that they could do better. Uh, Bed Bath Beyond was a, a, simply a case of people overly shorted. But look, I'm watching the Nasdaq like everybody else. I was talking to a, a CEO very, very early this morning at 3 a.m. about a stock that is down tremendously. And it was just disbelief. I mean, there's a lot of disbelief that people's stocks could collapse. When you have stocks that are down 100 points, 200 points, and you look at them and you say, should they be down 200 points? Uh, and, and, you know, these are, and I know that it's, you know, the stocks did trade at $340, but the ones I put in my memo, it's like, did they really do that badly? No, this is the multiple compression. If heaven helps, if interest rates tick down, Oh, my. People will be scrambling for these stories because the only reason they're selling them, uh, some of these companies are doing incredibly well. Now, the narrative that they're saying is maybe they're not doing that well, but there's no proof to it. I know you're watching. You're watching the, the, the mega caps, of course. Yes. But even names like a CrowdStrike, Wells Initiates Outperform, managing to climb about one and a half percent. Um, Netflix, though, some target cuts at uh, JPM and Stiefel. Interesting. Near term yeah, concerns. But they, they came up with these. Something I, that are always specious, which is that, well, it's going to be 6.6, not 8 point whatever that's going to sign up. And I look at that and I say, all right, that stock traded 700. And then I went to 478. I get so many people who call me on man money and say, you know, I bought this stock at seven. It's 688. What do I do? Well, now it's at, it's at 551. I mean, don't care about where a stock is coming from. Care about where it's going to. We have lots of stocks that have really come down a lot. And we act as if this is day four of a sell off. <laughs> I mean, I saw someone, I, I don't like the stock. I'm going to say point blank. I don't like Fastly. I've had them on a number of times. Very nice people. Very nice people. But the stock was at 122. And I'm hearing people saying, you know what? 32. Time to skedaddle. Well, 32. I yep. mean, what is it going to go to? Yep. 25, maybe. Don't. Uh, no, I am not recommending Peloton. All right. But. Peloton did trade at 171, and now it's at 32. So you're not getting, I always like to look at these stocks and say to myself, well, if you're suddenly afraid of Peloton, I think you've just been run over by a Peloton, and that's a stationary bike, so that's very hard to do. <laughs> it reminds me of the Etsy call, for example, today. Oh, Top pick at Needham. Yeah. Uh, multiple compression, to your point, is an attractive entry point. That's where we are. That's kind of where I am. I mean, I look at Etsy, 307. It's, it's traded at 153, announced at 185. I, look, did it should it have been at 185. That has earnings. It may have an acceleration earnings. There's a lot of stock that sold 50 times earnings. Those stocks had, were really blasted yesterday. Now, so therefore, they go to, say, 48 times earnings. I, I know they're expensive, but we also have to recognize, Carl, that there are stocks that are never cheap. You know, the NVIDIA's now, I've been following NVIDIA ever since I found out that they were the main reason why Audi's doing so well. NVIDIA has never been cheap. Uh, two days ago, they gave a presentation that people don't even pay attention to at CES about how what they're doing in gaming. It's predominant. Yesterday, Colette Crest, one of the greatest CFOs in the world, gave an incredibly bullish presentation at J.P. Morgan. Stocks 346 went down to 270. And I said to myself, OK, no one ever is in NVIDIA. You know why? Because yesterday it was really expensive. Well, I don't know. What do you do? Do you decide that you're never going to buy Jensen Wong because it's always expensive, the CEO? So what I have to, I urge people to do is buy a little. Don't do it all at once, but recognize that there's some stocks that are never cheap. And the only reason why they're down is because of interest rates and that interest rates don't necessarily go up forever. Right. A uh, couple really uh, quick names. One is Target uh, and Dollar General. Wells cuts them to equal weight. Jim, they're talking about some retailers that benefited from COVID are going to face tougher comps on stimulus as we get past right. those. Um, uh, Target has done incredibly well over the past year. Costco with another monthly deceleration in comps. <laughs> Costco. 
<laughs> I mean, I was working with Costco last night. Costco, that was a monster quarter. Yes. And they, by the way, hearing aids, are it, it, that's their highest pro, uh, margin product. They do incredibly well. The food court, they do incredibly well. Costco is a wonder. My contacts at the company, we were, like, I was like, how? I said, how do you do it? How do you do it? And then someone like finds fault with that. Target's very interesting. Uh, and, and this is a little, let me get a little ethereal for a second. Uh, when the term, when George Floyd, when he was murdered, there were several targets that were trashed. And I had Brian Cornell come and speak at a corporate governance meeting. And he was saying how people linked arms in Brooklyn saying, please don't hurt my target. Uh, I think Target stands for something. It stands for a great, inexpensive place to shop. Is that something that ended with the pandemic? I'm not going there. Now, Dollar General is conceivable because their customer base, it could be hurt very badly by the decline, uh, by the end of some uh, of some support. But remember, that stock is not one I'd recommend. It was a, it, the high was 239. to so 231. I don't see any valuation. For those, by the way, who were furious at me that I took a picture of a Dollar Gen that had many uh, al- uh, aisles open saying, Jim, didn't you know it was switching to Valentine's Day? I say to this, you got four days after Christmas to switch to Valentine's Day. And I have been in retail. My, my father sold gabardine pants and gimbals. <laughs> and believe me, there was no vacancy in inventory when he was selling trousers. Yes. You did get some attention on that tweet. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, look, look, Dollar General had signs all over saying they helped one day. Obviously, they don't have enough people to staff, and they shouldn't have opened the store as a new store. But Dollar General stock is up very big. It's at $53 billion. There are other other bargains. People who criticize me on uh, Twitter, they should watch tomorrow's show where I'm going to fix Twitter. That you've been teasing that, and I can't wait to hear what yeah, you have I'm in store. Fix Twitter. That's going to be. I, I happen to love the management Twitter, but uh, you know, I gotta. <laughs> I, I I have to fix them. And, and, and when I say I love them, this is not my usual like nice guy damning a faint praise. I think Ned Siegel's unbelievable. Like, I think Ned's going to be jotting things down, and he's going to take action. Uh, meantime, S and P and Nasdaq are trying to hold the flat line here. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Morning, Bob. Good morning, guys. A nice start. Two to one advancing to declining stocks. Uh, and those cyclical sectors that we really care about, uh, take a look here. Energy stocks, bank stocks doing well. And tech is generally holding up very well. Some of the thematic tech stuff a little bit weaker. Consumer staples and healthcare uh, lagging a little bit here. Want to look at that thematic tech sector again. Kathy Wood's ARC funds uh, up fractionally uh, at the open. Uh, uh, lithium, uh, s- social media stocks, uh, cloud computing stocks generally uh, flat to slightly on the upside. Arc just turned negative, but it was positive right at the open. So a lot of people trying to figure out what is moving the market right now, particularly those thematic tech stocks, the Kathy Wood stocks. Uh, and remember, there's three things that move the stock market. One is dividend growth. Two is earnings growth or lack of earnings growth. And the third is the market multiple, the P.E. ratio. How much are you willing to spend for a dollar of future earnings at the present moment? Now, uh, if you take a look at some of these thematic tech stocks, we can see very clearly that what's moving them is multiple compression. That's what's going on. So look at these. Uh, just prior to the open this week, Roku, Block, Zillow, uh, Zoom Video. These are uh, uh, big uh, Zillow. Sorry, they, these are big uh, thematic tech stocks. Uh, and you can see all of them down rather notably. This is just prior to the open. Now, look at uh, the multiple compression, and I'll show you why that's what's going on here. Look at Square, for example. Uh, at the P.E. ratio on Square at the end of the year was 90, uh, and it, it dropped yesterday to 80. That's a big drop. That's a P.E. compression of about 11.6%. You know what the price change was for Block? 11.2%. There it is. It's telling you that it's multiple compression. People aren't willing to spend as much for that future dollar of of earnings uh, as they were in the beginning or at the end of the year. Look at Roku. It's the same story. Roku had a multiple of 134. That was rich at the end of the year. Yesterday at the close, it was 117. That was a decline, uh, as you can see here, of about 13%. How much was the price down in that same period? 13.8%. 13.8%. You see, that's multiple compression. Take a look at Zillow. I'll give you the one last one here. Zillow was uh, 83 uh, at the, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Zoom video here. You're looking at Zoom was uh, 42, went down to 39. That's a drop of about 4.9%. The price was down 4.9%. That's multiple compression. And by the way, I'm not even including companies uh, like Twilio and DoorDash and Peloton. They don't make any money. They got hit even more. So it's very clearly indicating here that the market is concerned about 
the prices that people were paying. And I've said this many times, Carl, Kathy Woods didn't lose the argument. Kathy Wood won the argument that disruptive technology would be a major driver of future returns. The problem is everyone bought into it and they drove the prices up to stupid levels. And now people are reevaluating that in right of higher interest rates. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob, thanks very much. I'm Bob Pisani. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.